0: Get home from school, turn on my TV. Who are these friends staring right back at me? Now that we're older, why don't you come over and go back in time with me? Nikes, babies, nostalgia. Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jessica.
1: And this is 90s Babies Nostalgia, where two fully grown millennial women rewatch and sometimes watch for the first time Tween Entertainment from the early 2000s.
0: Just to be clear, we are not sponsored by or affiliated with any of the channels or companies that we mention in the podcast. We just really like talking about TV. And today we are rewatching That's So Raven.
1: Raven Season three. three. We both just like stopped. <laughs> I
0: know because I want to do it in tune, but then I'm looking at my camera recording me and not at you, and so then I don't know when you're gonna say it. So I just like resort <laughs> resort to like slow motion.
1: Um. So we covered episodes one through fourteen in another episode. A big beefy episode of two hours with my friend Jadu, mm-hmm. uh, and then we covered Country Cousins and Chefman and Raven with Prime from Prime Nostalgia Pod which are around the second half of season three and now we're going to cover episodes 25 through 35 the last part skipping over Country those,
0: Cousins
1: yeah Country Cousins which are 27 and 28 just because we wanted to cover episode 25, but we didn't want to do it with Prime. It's fine. There's no continuity in season three. There's no point in caring.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could have done this like completely out of order if we wanted to because there's very, very, very little, little continuity in this season.
1: Yeah um okay so i guess we should just jump into it if we don't want another two hour long episode yeah
0: let's do it we're gonna start off oh
1: oh no you go ahead i do not have the summary ready for this okay
0: we're gonna start off first i want to apologize if you guys hear my voice it's a little raspy i'm just slightly under the weather recovering from a sore throat so um bear with me as i know my voice is not what it normally is but we're starting off with episode 25, Extreme Cory This episode starts out with Raven really wants to go to the Ultra Jam concert, but Victor is not gonna give her money until she starts showing some support for Cory. And so Raven watches Corey, sees Cory watching the X squad at the skate park, and she kinda is like, oh. Can has a conversation with Corey and learns that like he wants to be into skateboarding and he wants to be good and he goes out and he buys himself this brand new skateboard and the X Squad learns that he brought this bought this brand new model of skateboard and shows up at his house and so they end up offering him a tryout and so Raven and Corey are training for the tryout and Corey it's just really bad.
1: Are you responding to my face? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm. the thing is, I don't even think Corey wants to be good at skateboarding. He just wants to be cool and have one of those cool t-shirts. And he has to skateboard in order to do that.
0: Yeah, and he wants like a code name and stuff. I definitely think it's... This is a running thing with Corey where he wants to begin with the cool cr- crowd and... And with the cool kids, like we had another episode where, you know, he ended up picking William over the cool kids. This is another one of those plots that we get with Corey. Mm -hmm. And so Raven encourages Corey to try out for the X squad. She's like, we did training. You did great. And he doesn't feel ready, but he goes and he tries out and he comes home and he fakes a broken ankle Raven at first thinks he's being serious and is nurturing him and taking care of him. And then she gets a vision that he's faking it and she calls him out on his bullshit. And so, um, Raven is like, you need to go up to them and just be like, I don't do anything I don't want to do. And I don't want to do this and stand up to them. And so he goes to the skate park and he takes Raven's advice, but it does not go. As planned, and Raven gets a vision that this is not going to go as planned, so she ends up going to the skate park as well. Except she's in one of her costumes with a long, long, blonde wig and a tooth that she's blacked out and like a backwards hat and an iPad. Oh yeah, she does have an iPad. She's a pirate
1: skateboarder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she's dressed up as E.R. is her skater name. Uh, and so she kind of, you know, talks to the ex squad and is like, well, if you guys are really as cool as you think you are, then you're going to go down this like super long staircase full of stairs. And they're like, no, we're going to get hurt. Like, we're not going to do that. And Raven's like, see, then why were you pressuring Corey into doing this? Like he was setting boundaries and now you guys are setting boundaries. But then Raven ends up getting on the skateboard, like as they've all reconciled and are about to like leave the skate park. And she ends up flying down the staircase and somehow she's in like five different positions, even though that would require her getting off her skateboard and back on. But it's this really, really hilarious scene of her, like, falling on a skateboard down this staircase for, like, two minutes straight. This ending coincides with the B-plot, which the B-plot is Eddie is doing a project on the most exciting person that he knows. And so he does the project on himself. (laughs) And Chelsea's filming him. Except she keeps getting distracted by other stuff and does not get anything on camera. That is exciting. Except at the end, she is filming him and Raven, dressed up as ER, ends up literally falling from the sky, crashing into Eddie. (laughs) That's the plot, guys. That's what we get. Um
1: right okay where do we even begin with this i have a lot of thoughts (laughs) first i
0: just want to mention in this episode which maybe there's other episodes that do this but we've watched so many at this point i don't remember Uh, we can hear their thoughts in their head narrated out loud
1: i don't i mean i'm sure it happens more than once because that's like, but I don't know if it's just on certain quirky episodes. Yeah. It's definitely not every episode, though. Mm-mm. But I'm pretty sure we get it a few times.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I like it or not. Because we already get visions and things into the future that I'm like, I don't know if I need to know what you're thinking as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, show, don't tell. Kind of. Yeah.
0: Yes. Like, don't tell me what I'm supposed to think. Show it with your emotion and be an actor.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. I was too wrapped up in everything else. <laughs> so I guess we'll start with the A plot and then move to the B plot. Okay,
0: okay. Uh huh.
1: Um so let's start with the X crew. Is that what they're yeah. called? Yes, the X the kid- crew. The kids' names are Scabs. X-Squad. X-Squad. The kids' names are Scabs with a Z. Mm-hmm. Razor, Bones, Skids, Brews, Wheels, and Stitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Razor is played by Brandon Michael Smith, who is Nico and Sonny with a Chance. Oh, okay. Did
0: you not catch nope. that? No, did not catch oh. that. I caught other guest stars in the episodes we're going over, but I did not catch that one.
1: Yeah. I was kind of surprised because Sunny with the chances feels considerably later than Raven, but yeah. It's probably not as much later as I think it is. Probably <laughs> like at least probably 5 years. Maybe. It was definitely out when we were still in in high school. But anyway, back to the a plot raven and Corey are just bad siblings like raven fully tells him that he's ready when he's not just to cut corners and then he lies to her about his spring like they're just bad
0: sure but don't siblings do that i feel like siblings especially at that age you're very playful and you're very easily annoyed and you're very selfish and self-centered so like Raven is only doing all this stuff for Cory to get tickets to the Ultra Jam festival. But when Corey is like, oh, we need to get up early and practice every single day, she's like, I'm not doing that. Like, are you kidding me?
1: It is what siblings do, but Cor- like you also have to read the room and like you're playful sometimes, but Corey was genuinely listening to Raven. And it's And was like, you're ready, you're ready. He wasn't ready, Raven. You can't lie about shit like that. Yeah. Um, but also, he very much did not need to go back to the X squad and tell them that he wasn't going to do what they wanted him to do. Like, just don't go back if you don't want to do it.
0: I he think did. he did it because he was, like, humiliated and he wanted to, like, stand up for himself. So? Yeah.
1: Some, uh, They don't go to school with him. I didn't get the impression that they go to school with him. Yeah. So then, like, what does it matter? Like, yeah. Like, people don't have to know that you're moving on. Because if you feel the need to tell them, then you're probably not moving on.
0: Also, I feel like this whole thing could just be changed by, like, it's okay to be fans of something. And it doesn't have to be a hobby that you're good at. Like, he clearly is fans of them at the beginning. Because he's sitting at this, yes, I think part of it is because he wants their notoriety. But I also think part of it is that he just thinks they're cool skaters. And what they're doing is cool. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to think something is cool and be interested in it and not do it yourself.
1: That's very, very true. They're also not that extreme. (laughs) No. There's one point where they go to show off and they just like ride up and down the half pipe a few times. Yep. And all I have to say is rocket power would have shown these kids up
0: oh yeah oh yeah
1: yeah absolutely not but the grip this this is reminding me of the grip that Tony Hawk had on our childhood yes (laughs) I never understood the skating craze but it was there and there are many video games to prove it and everyone Mm -hmm. owned a skateboard at some point almost everyone
0: Mm -hmm. um my mom is like weirdly queen of winning radio contests like if anyone has a superpower that's her superpower and one time she won a radio contest to go to like it was like a tour of the x games and then you got to meet tony hawk so i have a signed shoe by
1: tony hawk that's so funny (laughs) why would she even enter that contest
0: She just entered all of them. Like we went and saw third eyed blind in an acoustic show once. Like we got to do some really cool things growing up truly because she just is really great at winning radio contests. I, I don't know, but the Tony Hawk one, like you saying that I remind me of that story and like how like warp tour and stuff got its roots. Is it mixed skating with live music? And Mm -hmm. it was huge around the same time, 2004, 2005, you Mm -hmm. know, really like bmx and all that stuff took like a huge huge huge
1: extreme just like forefront
0: yeah extreme sports it was like
1: popular yeah and like every high school shot opened up with the skater going down the rail or whatever we were all even though i did not get the craze with the skateboards and i did not have one my brother had one and I did wear vans. We were all at least wearing vans.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this was
1: definitely the culture at the time. For better or for worse. For we sure. Invested.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think it's a kind of cute, like, sh- shout out to that. Like, they definitely play on things that are popular.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have more notes on the A-plot?
0: Um, this is kind of the A-plot, but not really. At the beginning, when Raven is talking about Ultra Jam, or maybe it's towards the middle, I don't know. Maybe it's when Raven decides she's going. Victor is there giving Raven money for Boys in Motion merch for himself. And Mm -hmm. I just love that. He's like, oh, I already have a hat. Maybe I need a pin.
1: Yeah, this and um, when the Boys in Motion come... And I think episode 14 that we discussed in our previous episode where we see Tanya fangirl. Both of them, we get to see the parents invested and, and fanning over, like, the groups that Raven likes.
0: Yeah. And it's really cute. It's so cute. I love it. Because Victor is, like, so, like, at the beginning when Raven is talking about who's playing at Ultra Jam, like... And Victor holds his ground and is like, you're not going unless you support Corey. Raven walks away and Victor's like, dang, that's a good lineup. And he starts in his head, he's like dancing to himself and he's like, dang. And he ends up actually going instead of Raven.
1: Yeah. I love it because obviously, like, I'm 28, you're 27. We're getting older, we could have kids. We're both big fans of things, and even when we're his age, we're going to be big fans of things. And I like to see the adult fans represented. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: know. It's kind of funny to watch because I'm like, oh, how embarrassing. But I'm also like, oh, my God, I'm not that far away from that. I know.
1: The B-plot cracked me up because first of all the assignment is to make a video about the most interesting person yes in eddie's life and raven and eddie both assume that it's going to be about themselves like when he gives the assignment raven's like here i am and then he's like i was thinking someone even more interesting me uh and i've like, a lot of good things happen to Eddie in this episode more than ever normally. Like, he makes the winning shot, and some girls talk to him, and, like, all these things keep happening, and that Chelsea always misses it. Mm-hmm. She's always looking away at something else because she gets bored. But, at one point... I know where
0: you're Eddie,
1: going. Eddie gets abducted by an <laughs> alien. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
1: UFO, I think. Uh huh. Or no. um,
0: So they're aliens
1: come down.
0: uh Uh-huh. They're in the hallway at school and Eddie is at the water fountain and everything turns green. And so Chelsea turns around and is like tapping on the camera trying to figure out why everything is green. And an alien comes and pokes Eddie on the shoulder. And I'm like, we're just throwing aliens into this
1: episode. What? that's what i wrote down i was like so aliens are real in this world we're real. this is it's like when eddie gets psychic powers with the comet and the disco ball like this yeah. is what we're choosing to add to the canon of their world
0: well it's just like 30 seconds and then it never comes back exactly. and i'm like what it's so wild it was wild. I wrote that too because I was like, uh, "Okay, I guess they gave us aliens for a little bit." Yeah.
1: Anything else?
0: Those are really my only thoughts on that episode.
1: Oh, I guess the one other is that Raven's um, costume for this one is pretty memorable. I think it's in one of the intros, maybe of her like f- flying down. It's ugly and it's awful but it stands out Mm -hmm. i also think like yeah
0: Yeah. i also think when disney would do their little like um montages to like for commercial you know hype ups like new seasons or hype up like oh it's gonna be all day on sunday of like your favorites, and they would do, like, little clips. Mm -hmm. I feel like this clip would be played
1: a lot. Yeah. Okay. Episode 29. (laughs) Food for Thoughts. Uh-huh. This one is one that I feel like was really on the rewatch-like lineup. It's quite memorable to me. I enjoyed it. So, Mm. a private company takes over the Bayside High cafeteria yep. and now it is the food court like your mall food court but also with judge foodie who is played by mindy sterling most famously from austin powers but she's done a lot of comedic roles and voiceover roles Mm -hmm. um all the students are really excited about this food except chelsea because there's nothing healthy like if you want to get broccoli it's going to be deep fried and over time not that much time like very quickly actually the students become slower they get absurdly large butts they're less energetic um they start to get zits and raven has a vision of everyone in school having these huge butts Mm -hmm. and so she and Chelsea, so now she's persuaded to Chelsea's side, and so they decide that they have to stop the attack of the giant booties. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. Which be- becomes even harder when the school starts to offer a breakfast program, and they're all eating, like, high-sugar giant meals. Um, and they have, like, a then-
0: French fry dispenser in the hallway.
1: yeah and this is a pilot program that if it's successful will be rolled out nationwide so they really want to try to stop it before that happens so the food court hosts like a vote and to to decide about if they like the program or not the students and they this is where she and chelsea like try to interrupt the vote and try to persuade their student, fellow students to, mm-hmm. to vote against it. And they put on this display where she like gets pumped full of air and ends up flying around the cafeteria, she being Raven, of course. Oh. Uh, and eventually, somehow, this backfired plan actually works uh and people are persuaded to change to to vote for their old food yep yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's the main plot
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um um per the b plot Corey has too much going on in his life can't be bothered to do homework so he hires an executive assistant uh and has that man do his homework and his name is Brad Brad. and Brad's a little nerd who went to Harvard or something like that I think he has a master's degree he's like very overqualified to be doing a 10 year old homework and uh, Victor and Tanya find out and they scold him he's really mean to Brad and then at the end of the episode we see Brad on TV giving an interview about his horrendous boss Mm mhm yeah I like the Brad storyline
0: yeah Part of me is, like, there's no way that Corey has the money to pay for an executive assistant.
1: But also, in the previous episode we talked about, he was talking about his investment portfolio. That's true. <laughs> um, I Okay, so what were your thoughts on the, the main plot of Food for Thought, though? Because I feel like I have strong feelings, and I'm very curious as to if yours lying um i think
0: everything body positive and amazing that we got from the whole series so far but especially the that's so not raven episode um in season two was completely reversed and backfired by this episode I don't know if there was a way to do this and do this right. But if there was, they didn't even begin to come close to it. Um, They use the word fat derogatory and in the negative context multiple times. Being fat is not bad. Some people are just fat and that is fine. Um, It is just, yes, should people eat junk food all the time? No, but the way they like blow up people's butts and like really are focusing on how it's making the students fat and like it's not realistic to just eat healthy all the time. If that's what you enjoy and you want to do great, but we shouldn't be demonizing certain foods either. I just think that this did so many things wrong and I would hope would never make it to air in 2022.
1: Yeah. Okay. We have the same feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I. It was the start of what felt like an onslaught of children's media, particularly on Disney and Nick, focused on nutrition and exercise. This was like the early part of that media trend. I felt because really, I think it picked up at least for us more when Obama got elected and Michelle Obama had her adverts on Nick but even before then Nick was encouraging like kids get out and get an hour of play every day and there's and junk food was becoming more popular and we were learning that we are the first generation to have a lower projected lifespan than that of the generation before us because of the obesity epidemic and because of higher rates of diabetes and things like that in our generation. So now we are being told that we have to be healthy, mm-hmm. but this is not telling us that we have to be healthy. Mm-mm. We can learn about being healthy and learning learn about nutrition without the fat phobia. Mm-hmm who cares about people's booties like yeah have like a group of nutritionists
0: come to school and make it a fun cooking competition make it quirky and weird but that they're competing and learning like cooking skills so that they can like better fend for themselves and make healthy meals for themselves like do something like that which would get the same point across but isn't teaching kids such horrible things and teaching kids to hate their bodies because then you have people our age that i've spent the last five to ten years working really hard to reverse those thoughts that things like this taught me to believe Mm
1: -hmm. yeah And then it made me feel guilty every time that i was eating junk food even though i didn't eat it that often when i did even still i associate some sort of shame or guilt with it like it's this like thing i do i eat when i feel bad but I, i can't it can't ever be an all the time thing like not that i don't eat it ever eat it regularly but that like i would never admit to anyone if i did yep because there's that shame associated with it Mm -hmm. and it's not healthy food and yes we should be healthy and yes I should eat more vegetables than I do I fully recognize that but we don't need to demonize foods like you said and we should not be doing so for the sake of people's bodies and on top of the fat phobia there was also a thing about acne and I just have to say like Yes. The only way, the this is such a big myth and I'm so sick of it because I've grown up hearing people talk about if you eat pizza or you eat whatever, you start to break out. If you eat pizza and you touch your face, yeah, yeah. if you eat greasy foods and you touch your face, yeah, you can start to break out. If you eat like a lot of sugar in some people, it can affect their hormones a bit and that can do do some things to your acne but like that's not even that common like really it this is not that's not how zits work that's not how acne works mm-hmm.
0: i would say the only like symptom of eating that much fast food That they portrayed correctly was, like, the feeling of tiredness and exhaustion and being lethargic. Everything else, I feel like, was way out of line. I did also want to mention that in this episode, they refer to the kids being able to order things as maxi-sized. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to comment that this episode aired, actually, on my birthday in 2005. So, September of 2005. And this is following Supersize Me, which aired in 2004. So they were Mm, definitely following this trend. Because I know you said then this leads into the Obama era. But I would really say Supersize Me is what started this trend. And that came out in 2004. So this was, like, fresh off of that.
1: I think Supersize Me... I had heard a lot about it, but I hadn't seen it, but I was aware of it when it came out. I think it wasn't like geared towards children, but more our parents. So then after that, we started to get more media aimed towards us. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a really good catch. Yeah. Um, But as many things as they get wrong, and they get a lot wrong, it's um, it's just a well-produced episode. Like for some for reason, sure. I feel like they had twice the budget for this episode. Like the colors yeah. are brighter, the set's good. I don't know why. Mindy Sterling does a great job as like a Judge Judy impersonator. Mm-hmm. So it's an enjoyable watch, even though it makes me angry.
0: You mentioned she was on Austin Powers, which she was, but I did want to give a shout out because she did play Francine Biggs on iCarly as well.
1: Hmm. I knew she was in another children's show, but I couldn't remember yeah. which, and I didn't have time to check. Yeah,
0: yeah, she was um, iCarly. So, yeah, I agree. I think the episode was really, really well done, and I just, production like, wise. production-wise, but re-watching it, I had a lot of issues with the writing. Um, I don't think I ever remembered being upset about it as a kid. But it's one of those things as, as an adult i can realize how messaging like that negatively influenced my own thoughts same i also wanted to say at one point so when Raven and chelsea are doing their like presentation on like this food's bad they're like we sent the food to the science lab and they ran some numbers for us and then they have like in the past two weeks the average student has had this much salt and this much sugar and they're holding like giant bags full of these things please explain to me what science lab in the high school is (laughs) figuring out how much sugar and salt and fat in are in foods and how they got that information back so quickly
1: i thought that it was an i assumed it was an external science lab, not in the oh. high school. But I also don't know what science lab that would be. You can't usually just enlist, as a high schooler, a lab to do that for you.
0: Yeah, it's still, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. I'm poking yeah. holes. Episode 31, Going Hollywood. Corey's yeah. is obsessed with this. TV show called Better Days. And so he enters a contest to win a spot as like a guest star on the show, and he wins. Connected to this is the main star of Better Days, is a character named Allie that is played by Allison Stoner. Mm -hmm. And so part of this is that. Allie is going to public school. I don't even know. This plot is so convoluted, guys. Okay, so Allie's going to public school for the first time. And she's going with her cousin. And all the kids are kind of picking on her cousin and being mean to Allie. And so she enters the talent show. And it's going to be a dance-off between the main mean girl at the school and Allie. And Allie's like kicking ass at the dance off and ends up falling off the stage and hurts her nose. Well, the episode of Better Days that they're filming and it's a live taped show, she's going to have her first kiss. And it's a really, really, really cute boy that the director got to come on named Justin Banks. And so Allie's like, oh my god, I can't kiss him because when you kiss someone, your noses touch. And her noses can't touch because my nose is all bruised and probably broken.
1: And she can't let the director find out because she didn't want her to go to public school.
0: Yes. And so... They're at the live taping, and Corey is on this episode, and he's a delivery boy delivering like a basket of delicious farm vegetables and fruits. It looked really good, and he's one line, and it's delivery, and he keeps messing it up, and Ali can't do the kiss, so the director's like freaking out, and then Ali's like, "You know what? I have an idea. Let's rework the scene." Corey gets to do his line again and he nails it this time. And Allie's cousin, whose name is Carly, ends up wearing the same little wig, and you just see the back of her, and she ends up filling in for the kiss because Allie can't do it. And then it's all a success. And Corey Wins has a dream that he went. It ends with Corey having a dream that he and wins an award for, like, actor with one line in a show or something.
1: Of course it does. It is a very convoluted plot.
0: It's very convoluted. I don't even know if that made literally any sense.
1: If it sounds like we're watching a completely different show now, it's because we were. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had forgotten this episode. I feel like they took it off the air once they reworked what was going on. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Victor and Raven go to Hollywood with Corey for his big yes. delivery of delivery. and Yes. Raven is stealing bags out of people's dressing rooms. She steals shopping out of, bags Will, out of Smith's. Will Smith's dressing room. Um, yeah. Victor turns into a total manager dad where he's like in a suit with a headpiece and being ridiculous. And they are very much just the side characters of this episode. And Corey is the side character of this episode. Mm -hmm. This is about Allie Parker. (laughs) Because, and I did not remember this at all. Did you Uh remember this? No. This was intended as a backdoor pilot for a TV series following Allie Parker, the character, which was later scrapped and re- worked into Hannah Montana
0: oh interesting I did not know that this episode though for being this kind of like weird plot that doesn't follow any of the main characters of That's So Raven has a lot of big names
1: well it definitely like the backdoor pilot thing makes a I had to look it up midway through the show. I'm surprised you didn't know because I was like, okay, we've got Allison Stoner. Her first, I believe, Allison Stoner appearance on Disney Channel, one of many, cracked up that they made her dance because Lord knows we can't have Allie in a role without her dancing. No,
0: of course
1: um, not. <laughs> but we've all. So we've got Allison Stoner's Allie Parker. Um, we've also. Got Skylar Samuels as Chrissy Collins, and Skylar Samuels was like a singer actress of the time. Scout Taylor Compton as Lauren Parker, Lewis Dix Jr. himself, Allie Grant as Carly. Um, most notably, Allison Stoner and Allie Grant are both in The Sweet Life, where yep. Allison Stoner plays Max, their friend, and um, Allie Grant plays agnes and i just gotta say if you want a good glow up look at her photos now um yeah and then also, she Jackie also
0: Harry. i have to jump in there ali um, grant also played isabella hodes on weeds so if you ever watched weeds or are a fan of weeds she was in a ton of episodes of Weeds, so you would recognize her from that too
1: and her as carly in this episode is just a carbon copy of agnes like it's the same character Yes, yes. We also have Jackie Harry as Deva, the director. um, And she was in Days of Our Lives and Sister, Sister and a bunch of different things. She's hilarious. But Mm -hmm. she's she's an actual guest star. Everyone else is like the child talent of the time who we see in a bunch of other projects later. Yes,
0: I guess that's true. But it's just like a a lot of people who turned out to have relatively large names it was a fun episode but it's just weird it's weird to throw in an episode where you're not following anyone that they've made you care about for the last 70 episodes
1: yeah and i think it's the hannah montana set or something like when they're at school at the lockers it looks very if it's not i'd be surprised because it's It's just so like memorable that that was scratching my itching my brain. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's weird. The like what you're saying. Like we're watching a show that's not following the characters we care about, but then also it's full of actors we care about, but not in the roles that we're not we're used to seeing them in. And then they're on a set for something that's also memorable, but not this show. And it's like what am I watching
0: yeah yeah it's v- it's very weird and the fact that you said it's it was like a backdoor, backdoor pilot, pilot makes mm-hmm. sense because I don't know why else they would make this episode yeah <laughs> you know also my biggest point of like confusion is that, Because it's live taped, maybe truly this does take place all in one day. But I find that really hard to believe based on what happened in this episode. And I'm like, Corey's on set for multiple days for one line? Like, no. There is no world in which that would have happened.
1: Oh, that's true. I thought that it was a couple days. But when you think about Corey being on set, then that doesn't make sense. No. But, like... Allie leaves to go to school, to school all day and then
0: has a talent show and then is back at set and I'm like this didn't happen all in one day. This has to be multiple days but it doesn't make sense that they would have Corey there for multiple days.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know what the timeline was. It was a lot jam-packed. Uh-huh. Also, Allie's character Allie is she's a lot of this pressure and focus was on her first kiss and her and Carly talking about like their first kiss and stuff like that and like hyping it up a lot and they're too young yeah okay a lot of people have their first kisses when they're really young whatever but they're too young for that to be such a big part of their storyline Mm-hmm. They're like 10. Like they're itty bitty babies. This is Allison Stoner before she's on Sweet Life. Yeah. She's an itty bitty baby. This does not need to be the storyline.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It doesn't make sense. And the fact that they're playing up that, like, a stage kiss is this, like, big deal. And I'm like, they're actors, like, they're gonna have to kiss many people on stage. It doesn't really matter that this is her first kiss, because it's not really her first kiss.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's only relatable for the child actors out there who have experiences like that. I'm really curious about the show that she's on that Corey's obsessed with. I think there's a lot of choices that were made in addition to the poor choice of Allie's character being focused on her first kiss. Um, namely that this is a 50s era sitcom starring a white family directed and hosted by black people but then also Corey's character is a delivery boy which f- feels historically accurate if uh-huh. we're talking about a 50s white family. Uh-huh. And I um, there's just a lot to unpack in there that I, I don't know why this was the choice that was made. Mm-hmm. Did you did you also get weird vibes about that?
0: I had weird vibes about the sitcom. I didn't know why that was the like. I didn't make the connection of Corey being the delivery boy, and that adds to it. But I thought, I thought it was very strange. I'm like, why are we this sitcom? And I guess it's to be like who Allie was in real life was the complete opposite of who she was playing on this sitcom. But it just seemed very, I don't know, made me uncomfortable.
1: Hmm. yeah it was weird i didn't even <laughs> pick up that she was the opposite of her pers- her character in real life i just i just was watching it thinking why is Corey obsessed with this show and why is this the show that they decided to make him obsessed with especially
0: the other obsessions that they tend to have uh-huh. previously tend to be black television or, mm-hmm. or like, very pop, you know, shows that star black people, like, when they got really into, um, what was the one when they did 70s Night? Oh, that show. I don't,
1: I don't know what you're, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of it. But it's like, but yeah, that's the normally the cops.
0: type of stuff, yeah, that's normally the type of stuff that they show Corey getting into. So this feels very left field.
1: It does. And it just was unnecessary. They could have written her into any other show. Mm -hmm. They could have had him be obsessed with any other show that she just happened to be in. Yep. But we we did get some fun lines from the 50s, like, Ginchy, Uh and, I might flip my lid, you have a nifty lid. It's just... It just kept going. I I wrote in my notes all caps. Not Ginchy.
0: (laughs) Not (laughs) Ginchy. This one definitely was not on the rerun list, though. Like, I did not remember this one existed.
1: No, me either. Jackie Harry also has a great line where she goes, The the job that pays for my house and my ex-husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She always does like a. She doesn't always do a character actor, but she tends to do like a very character performance with yes, like dramatic deliveries like that. Yes. Always a good time when Jackie's around. Um. Do we think Allison Stoner could have carried her own show? Hmm. Because I watched this, and part of me felt like Allison got robbed. Not that, I don't know if she could carry her own show. I haven't thought about it too much. But she carried as a side character so many shows and DCOMs and things, movies outside of Disney that we grew up watching, that we enjoyed. And she, I don't think, ever got to be the main character.
0: Well, wasn't she the main character in, um, what are those called? Those dancing movies that they made, like, ten of. Step up? Yeah. Isn't she the main character eventually in one of the step ups?
1: Oh, I don't know if she is. I've only seen the first couple when she was still a side character.
0: Maybe she's not, but I feel like that's true. But yeah, I agree. I think that, like, she definitely was not given her chance by Disney, at least, to be the star that she could have been. She -hmm. was always kind of pigeonholed into a specific role and not given the chance to, like, fully bloom as an actress.
1: Yeah, I even just feel bad that after this, she not only did she not get her own show, which is what this would have been, she would have been the star, but she wasn't even, like, London and Maddie level of a contributor to Sweet Life. She was in just a few episodes, really, in the first season or two. Yeah. The most consistent work she's gotten from Disney has been Phineas and Ferb. Hmm. Even yeah. though she's a side character.
0: Yeah, I don't know if she has the potential. I don't know. I think she's very talented. And I think, like, instead of... What was the show that happened after Sunny with a Chance? So random.
1: Well,
0: so random. Instead of them doing that, which that show can just like burn a fiery death and like die in a hole because like it was not great. Mm-hmm. Like they could have went a different avenue and maybe did a different show that she led.
1: They could have. She would but have it been was, like variety con
0: variety comedy. Yeah.
1: She's a bit older that by then, and like obviously now she like she's complete. She's just talked a lot about how difficult it is for child actors and how they're set up to fail as adults, and and she, yeah. you know, has had to get back into dancing as a passion and form of expression rather than doing it professionally. Mm. Like love her for her journey. Yep but I just feel like she did a lot of work and didn't get enough
0: recognition. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) next one, episode 32, Save the Last Dance. It's prom. Raven and Chelsea don't have a date. Raven has a vision of her close dancing with someone at prom, except she doesn't know who it is. Chelsea ends up getting a date because, like, Eddie is spreading around everywhere. It's going on the morning announcements that they need dates to prom. Like, everyone in the entire school knows that they need a date to prom. So there's this whole montage of Raven, like, because her vision is her, like, close (laughs) dancing with someone and she sees their ear, like, every single person that asks Raven for prom, she close like holds them close and like looks at their ear to see if it's the person from her vision. And so she keeps telling every single person, no, they're headed to prom. Raven still does not have a date. They're in the limo. They're on their way. And Corey is at home and hears the doorbell ring. And who shows up except for Devon, who's in town for one night only because his dad is here on business from Seattle. Raven is making this limo driver stop every two seconds to, like, stop at the gas station, stop here, let me put my head up through the sunroof and holler at this person on the street because that might be my date to prom. And one of the times while she's doing that, the sunroof gets stuck and, like, squishes Raven into it because she's, like, stepping on the remote and causing it to malfunction and now the entire car like doesn't work don't understand but that's what happens they have to call a tow truck and stuff (laughs) while they're waiting for the tow truck raven sees devon and they have a cute little moment and eddie puts on blue rain and they dance outside the limo together and raven's vision comes true and devon's like I'm going to be back in town more frequently because my dad's coming down here for business all the time so we can see each other again. And it's very, very cute.
1: It's very cute. I remembered that we got another Devon episode that he would come back. But I, like, I was anticipating this so much. And then when it came... And we, we got, like, when it was just the vision and she was looking for the ear, I was like, I know exactly who it is yes. going be.
0: That's my thing. I'm like, how did Raven not know that was Devon? It was so clearly Devon in her vision.
1: And this episode, despite being, like, kind of emotional, does not miss a comedic beat. It's so funny, um, especially when she's, like it's very clearly the side profile of a black man and she's checking like white guys' ears and like she's just checking everyone up close and personal and like not yes. even from a distance.
0: Yes. That was the thing that cracked me up the most is that I'm like, clearly this is a tall, husky, broad-shouldered black man. And any guy that is asking her to prom, she's doing the test with, even if they don't look anything remotely
1: like I Devon. Know. And when she finally does meet Devon, it's so funny because she's like in the, the sunroof and she's been stuck. And he's driving back to Seattle because he thought she's at prom. She has a date, whatever. And he's sees her and he stops and he shouts her name from across the road and she goes yeah it's me who wants to know (laughs) she's just like very like loud about it and then they have to like shove her out like push her to get her out of the sunroof and she like very awkwardly rolls down the front of the car (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's a really, really, really sweet, cute episode. I think it also captures, like, finding a date for high school prom and the weirdness that's attached to high school prom pretty well um, while being really funny.
1: Um, more of the, the comedy, too, happens a lot with Chelsea and Eddie. Uh, Chantel is back, which I was really glad about. I don't think you'd seen her, but she was, um, in the beginning of the season. Hmm. And we're seeing, that, like, her main characteristics. She and Eddie fight and break up a lot, but then they get back together. They're gross with their pet names. She eats a lot. And that's about it. Raven and Chelsea aren't sure how they feel about her. So I was really glad that she was back. And then we get these bits of, like them calling each other Snooky puss i literally wrote like i have one note of like i'm glad chantelle is back and then my next note Snooky puss i hate chantelle and eddie y'all are gross yeah Um, and then we find out like eddie's cologne is syrup for her yeah yep yep uh with chelsea she full-on thinks her date's name is randy Randy. (laughs) and finds out that it's danny and like chelsea raven and eddie repeatedly tell her that that's his name and she gets him a mug that has randy on it and then he tells like he tells her himself that his name is danny and she like does not process this at all no
0: and he's so sweet because he's like well if we're gonna date and if you're gonna be like my girlfriend after this like i have to let you know that my name is danny And she just like she's like, well then why would I get you a mug that says Randy?
1: Very surprisingly, he shows up again in season four as her date to a party.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: How did you not dump this girl after she thought your name was Randy? Randy.
0: (laughs) And then didn't believe you when you corrected her.
1: Um I understand where raven's coming from in this episode but i still have to say she is the villain she literally ruined her friend's prom night
0: oh yeah there were
1: four other people in that limo and none of them got to go to prom because of her yeah that's true so Mm -hmm. she's just so selfish sometimes mm-hmm.
0: yeah she is I feel like there's many times she's selfish but she was incredibly selfish in this mm-hmm. one because I'm like you could have said there were some hot guys that were asking her yeah I'm like you could have said yes and y'all would have been at prom and you would have had an amazing time also you're telling me that Devon didn't know that it was the prom night for his old high school, and he wasn't able to find out where that prom was and just show up there instead?
1: I think he knew because he was in the talks. He was in a right? But I think he didn't go because he assumed if Raven had gone, she already had a date.
0: But like, she could still have a dance with him whether she had a date or not.
1: And they do date other people. There's multiple episodes before this in this season where Raven is dating other people. Yeah. Or interested in other people. Yeah. Which is also a very interesting and mature relationship for a Disney Channel show.
0: Yeah. I like their relationship. I think they're absolutely fucking adorable.
1: (laughs) Me too. Also, I gotta say, like, Devon's getting finer as he he shows up. (laughs) yes. Yes. And at the end of this episode when they're dancing in the street and it changes from a slow song to an upbeat song, he's fully dancing on up on Raven. And I was like, this is a Disney Channel show. Calm yeah. down.
0: And at one point, Raven's kind of like bent forward with her butt out and she's like yeah. moving. And, and, and I'm like, like
1: grinding.
0: Yeah, I'm like, dang, we're getting like real risky here for a Disney show
1: like i danced like that in middle school at the school dances but that was that was probably like i don't know that was controversial then yeah this is on disney channel yeah
0: i was shocked by that too they're dancing at the end um Mm -hmm. i also have to say There's one moment where I don't really remember what it was, but it's one of the times where Raven's sticking her body out of the sunroof, like hollering at someone on the road. And Mm -hmm. it's implied that they like remove something off of their head, I guess. And Raven goes, that's not a hat, you nasty. I'm like, what could have it been? (laughs) Like what happened? I need more context.
1: Like, i don't know i didn't catch that could it have
0: been like a toupee oh that okay okay i feel like that's a reasonable guess but i was like i re-watched that part like three times trying to get more context on like i'm like why is she watching here this person do <laughs> do uh-huh. we want to do the side plot do you have anything other comments on the main plot
1: I have no other comments on the the main plot or on the side plot. All it is is, um, Corey sees his dad's hair, back, and finds out it's genetic, and he gets concerned that he's going to get one. Yep. Puberty!
0: Correct. (sighs) Episode 34. (laughs) We're moving right along vision Vision impossible
1: impossible.
0: i'll let you do this Um, one
1: okay raven's having issues with her visions they're like kind of wonky um so she has dr sleevemore come and he says that he could potentially have them removed um Mm -hmm meanwhile <laughs> the episode opened that's, I just realized I needed to start somewhere else <laughs> but yeah it's fine it's, it's not it's not not the biggest deal in the world Chelsea's running an MLM out of Raven's <laughs> living room like yeah <laughs> trying to sell this natural shampoo and conditioner and well just shampoo really I think I don't know um to to the women of society yes i don't know why i said it that way anyway. i think
0: they mostly were ha- fellow high schoolers but we can call them women of society <laughs> thank you
1: you know that age in like bridgerton era years of a lady of society yeah um yeah. so she's trying to sell this natural shampoo raven's helping her out This really spoke to how my parents sold Tupperware to get out of debt. Uh, anyway, Doctor Sleepmore returns and he's like, "Let's get to the bottom of your visions." He puts a funky thingy on her head and they like project her visions onto the living room wall somehow. Uh And they or is it on a explain to
0: me. It's, like, connected to a screen on the yeah. living room wall. But please explain to me the tech involved in
1: that. It's, like, the, the stuff on her head can, like, see what's inside, I guess.
0: And it's plugged in with an HDMI cable to the yeah.
1: TV. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, it's basically, it feels very much like a season finale, um, even though it's not because it's it's basically an episode of flashbacks where Uh he says that like you can have problems with your visions if you have identity issues and he's like does that sound familiar and then she like flat has a bunch of flashbacks into all of her wackiest um outfits and costumes and then he mentions like physical or bodily harm. Like if you trip a lot and then you see like a bunch of times that she's fallen over and gotten hurt. Um, And I think there's one montage of all the times when like her visions have gotten her into trouble. Mm -hmm. But then there's also one where like they helped. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a lot of like just a recap of what we've seen. Mm -hmm. I almost didn't have us watch it because it doesn't add anything new, really. Um, Mm -hmm. While watching it, I was like, that's such great, like, cosmic karma that Raven's visions are messed up because of her disguises and antics. But then it turns out, Dr. Sleevemore is gonna buy some of that shampoo from Chelsea, and he sees that one of the ingredients on it is Mushrooms. Mm -hmm. which are, as we learned in Chef Man and Raven, covered in our previous episode with Prime from Prime Nostalgia Pod, go give it a listen, Raven's allergic to. Yep. We love that continuity. And um, so the mushrooms have been seeping in her scalp and getting to her little vision noggin, and that's been what's causing the issues. So all she had to do was stop using the shampoo. Mm -hmm. And she chooses not to have her visions removed because she doesn't know who she would be without them. Mm Mm-hmm that's uh, that's the episode um there's a great part at the end though where she's fallen asleep and as she's dr- she's dreaming of her and devon together which is just so cute they're fucking everything i love I them, love so them. Much. and then chelsea and eddie are like watching her dream and uh then it starts to like sound different and get Weird, and they're like, "Wait a second, is she awake?" And in her dream, she shouts, "I am angry! I am awake, and I'm coming to get you!" And then she's like standing over them, like she's gonna come attack. Yep. Yeah. So.
0: I feel like so we got one of these. I don't know if we got one of these in even Stevens. We got one of these in Lizzie McGuire. It kind of feels like a throwaway episode. That Disney was like, we're putting 35 in this season. We need some filler. Let's just give you clips of everything you already watched. And smush it into this plot. But throw in something that feels a little intense. Like, Raven may get rid of her visions forever. So then you, like, feel inclined to watch and keep you interested. Even though it's just a montage of things you've watched before.
1: Yeah, like, I got kind of bored watching it. My- yeah, like
0: I didn't dislike it, but it's like not my favorite. It just feels like a throwaway. It was there. Like whoo! <laughs> but like
1: And and neither I don't have a problem with either of those episodes, this and the Lizzie one. My problem is the production order and the, the airing order. It's like if you're gonna give me this episode, make it a a finale. Even but I think that I would be finale it can be the season three finale there's one that comes after this why yeah but I would feel
0: disappointed if this was the season three finale
1: I wouldn't also there's a clip from the next episode we're gonna cover in one of her flashbacks There
0: mm-hmm. there
1: is guys get your fucking shit together correct Because they did the same thing with lizzie where they messed it up a little bit and gave us you can't have a flashback if it's a flash forward <laughs> correct um i also have to ask if dr sleevemore can take away visions can does that mean he can also give you visions because mm. because that would mean that he knows how to isolate whatever is causing the visions from your brain But I don't
0: think that's like a, just because he can take them away, I don't think he knows how to put something there. He just knows how to strike whatever is currently there to get rid of it. But he said it would get rid of it forever, so he couldn't then just do the same thing to make them come back.
1: Well, I would assume that it's some, like, he would have had to like isolate. He called it me.
0: like a cerebral cerebral cortex.
1: That's a part of your brain.
0: Oh, great! Shows
1: science, guys. It's okay. I've been uh, rewatching Grey's Anatomy, and I'm in the part where there's a lot of neurosurgery. God. Uh, <laughs> um. I would assume, you know, as someone who's been rewatching Grey's Anatomy a lot for the last few weeks, that he would have had to isolate whatever chemistry, chemical compounds are going on in her brain that makes her different from the rest of us to, to determine that that is like what's causing the visions and then maybe give her some sort of like thing that can neutralize it. But then you would also think that if he knows what neutralizes it, he knows what it is, and therefore he could replicate it.
0: Hmm. All I'm saying is he didn't make it sound like he could do that. I know. I know. Also, I, like, don't know how much of a doctor this doctor really is, so, like, I wouldn't really trust him all that much.
1: Well, he could get her visions onto a TV, so... (laughs) Apparently... I just really like when they're dreaming of Devon. That's all.
0: Very cute. It is a cute episode, but it's just, it feels like a throwaway. That's my biggest comment.
1: I do like episode 35, The Four Aces, more. Oh my
0: god, I love this episode.
1: And this one I such do. a good yeah.
0: season. It's such a good season ender.
1: I think it was high on the repeat list as well. I remember I think this so. one vividly.
0: Oh, it's so good. Do you want to do the summary?
1: You sound like you wanna do it.
0: No, you can do it. I've done a lot of summaries, I feel.
1: Okay. Um the trio has to do community service at an old folks home because of course they do. This is uh-huh. like a mini trope time thing, like Yes. Anyway. So at a senior citizen home, um, they or retirement home mm-hmm. and Chelsea gets this old spunky white lady named Bert Gertie uh, Gertie. they're having um arm mm-hmm. wrestles the whole time which is my favorite side plot ever um mm-hmm. Eddie I forgot his gentleman's name he gets mm-hmm. some cool older gentleman that he hangs out with mm-hmm. Raven gets assigned to Miss Ronnie Wilcox who is played by Della Reese who is actually was actually, she died in 2017, a mm-hmm. very famous and esteemed jazz and gospel singer. Yep. And in the, the the episode, Ronnie Wilcox is a former retired singer, and she's shown as not being very social. She spends a lot of time in her room while mm-hmm. everyone else is more in, like, the living room area. Mm-hmm. And Raven is... Raven she's super fucking pushy and persistent and bangs on her door and gets her to talk to her and does her nails and like dolls her up a little bit and she convinces her to go to the chill grill and while they're at the chill grill it's a great implication that Raven doesn't get food for free there all the time because his dad's like Ronnie Wilcox uh, anything's on the house and so Raven's like let's get whatever we want I'm like, yeah. you're the, do- the owner's daughter. You can get whatever you want whenever. Anyway, um, while they're eating, or while they're sitting there, Ronnie realizes that this, the Chill Grill used to be a famous swinging nightclub called the Four Aces, which I think her dad owned.
0: Yes, Ronnie's name? Ronnie's dad owned, but she never got to perform at it.
1: Yeah, and that's... She has to leave. She's like, I never should have let you convince me to to go out because she's clearly feeling bad about it. And so, um, you know, Raven goes back, talks to her. They figure it out. She realizes what happened, and it is that she feels sad there about the fact that she never got to perform. Um, and so, Raven convinces her friends and family to redo. To, to give a makeover to the chill grill and turn it back into the four aces. So cool. Uh, which she also has a vision of at some point in here. And she thinks it's of Ronnie singing at the four aces. I missed that point. There's a point so in here where she, ha-
0: she has a vision of someone welcoming Ronnie and Ronnie Wilcox to the stage. And then it's Ronnie from the back beginning to sing. And so she has that vision and is like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever had a vision from the past. Yeah. And she she truly thinks it's a vision from the past, but the more she learns, she realizes that she's actually going to make this vision come true.
1: Yeah. And it's actually a vision of what they do to the chill girl. And... She, I forget how she does it, but she does convince Ronnie to leave and to come to the chill grill again. She like just says she's taking her somewhere Mm -hmm. and doesn't tell her where. And then she's Mm -hmm. like, why are we back here? And then they open it up and she's like very touched and she sings for everyone. And it's very sweet.
0: Takes a little bit of convincing for her to sing. At first she doesn't want to, but then she, she ends up performing for everyone. Yeah.
1: Um. She has cute lines. Like when she leaves after getting the makeover, she's like, didn't want to sit in my room and let all this pretty go to waste. What? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, and I love that they didn't just like pull anyone famous for this, that they did get Della Reese. She's like uh-huh. the first performer to take, first gospel performer to take, gospel and jazz music to the las vegas casinos like she was nominated for a grammy in um 1987 like she's really really big in the world of gospel and so i think that um it's really cool that disney got her um to play this character
1: i didn't know who she was until i looked it up for this podcast But I knew watching it, she just has this presence and this talent and this, like, vibrancy to her that you can tell she is actually an esteemed singer. Yes, her energy is different. Yes.
0: It was like, Um, I, I don't have a lot of nitpicking or questions. Or no. anything other than this was just such a fun, f- Oh, sorry, such a fun, fun, fun episode to watch. I would watch it again. Like, it's just cool. Everything they go to to turn, oh no, I'm causing problems over here. <laughs> it's so cool what they do, like, how they turn the chill grill back into the four aces. They really, like, break Ronnie out of her shell. It ends in a performance. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just everything you would want. And it feels like a season ender. And for them to end at the chill grill just feels great for Raven as well.
1: It's a beautiful, like, homage to jazz. And it's just a very wholesome episode. I don't think there's that much to say about it. It just kind of like gives you the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. It's just good. It's good. For once, Raven's doing something for someone else.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she's enjoying doing it for someone else. Mhm. She's getting satisfaction from it.
1: I don't Know if there was a B plot. I didn't write anything down, but I do have in my notes with two ellipses Corey. Why? Mm. And I have no idea what that was about.
0: So it's Corey and Cindy's three month anniversary. And so Corey decides it's a good idea to get her a gift from Stanley. Lord knows why. And so he gets her like a vibrating scalp massager. And then he shows one of the girls at school. And she's like, no, Cindy's going to hate that. Like, what are you talking about? So then he ends up exchanging it for rings. But then he's, and they're matching rings. Like he has one and Cindy has one. But then he's Mm -hmm. testing it out. And it turns his finger green. Mm-hmm. so then stanley ends up charging him 30 dollars for like a ring remover to get the ring mm-hmm. off and to help clean his finger
1: why does anyone still do business with stanley
0: i don't know makes no sense <laughs> i don't get it i
1: think my corey why was about the head massager head scratcher thing
0: Yeah, and it was, like, bulbous, and, like, it looked really ridiculous.
1: Those were really popular.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually have one of, like, not a vibrating massaging one, but just a regular one um, Mm -hmm. that I use before I shower. Because I feel like it helps with, like, hair growth and, like, just, like, really getting your scalp nice and clean. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't use it just to massage my scalp willy-nilly.
1: Well, and it's not like a romantic gift to give your girlfriend.
0: A thousand percent not.
1: Um, but be plot aside, the the episode's really a nice place to end. And yeah. I think now we have to do
0: best, best and worst.
1: worst.
0: Do you want to start with worst?
1: the foodie one right yeah yep which i enjoyed the production i enjoyed the acting i enjoyed the stunts there's a like when she balloons and flies around the cafeteria it's giving aunt marge and the prisoner of azkaban yes yeah yes like it's there's a it's it's an episode i remember it's an episode that i enjoy to rewatch if i don't think about it but because I have to think about it, because I have to think about everything now, because my brain always thinks, yep. I just kept getting progressively angrier yes. as I watched it. The more that they got into the plot, the like more upset I got. So I feel like it has to be that one, right?
0: Yep, I think hands down it has to be that one. Regardless of the production value and the acting The message is just so wrong the writers got it so wrong um and it just made me think i'm like no wonder i've had to work the past five plus years to rework all of these thoughts because this was the media i was watching and consuming as a child and it made me very 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 angry like i wanted to turn it off halfway through like if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for this podcast and us like sticking to to actually rewatching i wouldn't have finished rewatching it i would have just skipped to the next one yeah so i think um, it has to go episode 29 food for thought yeah.
1: um as the worst i i yeah. think i know what i think is the best one but what, what i think, think there's a few options There's some really, really good ones in season three, especially if we're going on comedy. Like some of the, you know, I feel like they just really hit their beats this this season. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, I have like a few and I really don't know which way I lean in terms of favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the ones we just watched are fresh in my mind. I would say those I just have the feels with a little bit more, but I still think these other ones are great. So I... Noted episode four, Taken to the Cleaners. hmm Episode seven, Double Vision. Which is the mm-hmm. one with Ben and Rainbow. Meh. I just think that one's fun. I really, really like that one a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also noted, which these are ones we went over this time... Episode 32, Save the Last Dance, and episode 35, The Four Aces.
1: I was thinking episode 34, Save the Last Dance. Yeah, or 32. 32. Because it pulls on your heart and it hits the comedic beats. So good. But what about episode 10, True Colors?
0: So I put that as an honorable mention. I don't know if it's up there as my favorite, but I think it's really, really, really great. And I think it's doing something revolutionary that Mm -hmm. Disney, I don't know if they've done it since. And I think it's pretty awesome that they did it then. I just don't know. It wasn't particularly funny. The computer moment was very dated. Like there's just things about it that I don't think... Make it, like, amazing. But I do think the fact that they did an episode like this is amazing.
1: Does that? I get what you mean. It's kind of like that So Not Raven. Where, even though we loved it, and we did give that one best of season two, it doesn't have as much comedic timing. And it doesn't feel it feels sort of insular from raven like every once in a while those episodes feel a little bit like the writers are trying so hard to prove a point that they lose some of the tone of the show yes um but i do really really love that episode i love what it's doing and i think that it does it well unlike food for thought which is important a lot of a lot of these episodes are trying to do something but don't do it well and i think episode 10 does
0: do we say we give it to episode 32 save the last dance with a close honorable mention for episode 10 true colors
1: I think we have to okay because 32 is just so so good
0: good. I just love Devon and Raven I just think they're so cute and like thinking of I can't really think of any of the relationships in Sweet Life but thinking of some of the relationships we have coming up in Hannah Montana I just know they don't get as cute
1: no, none of the relationships compare. Yeah. Like, to Devon and Raven. They're untouchable.
0: They're s- the best and so mature for their age.
1: I know. This idea that, like, they can date other people, but, like, they're really soulmates. So, when they're, whenever they're around each other, they're still back together. Like, it's so cute.
0: It's so cute. And they grow together as a couple, and they have challenges, and it's shown. And, like, for them to have this little come-back-together moment at the end of this season was just, like, everything we all needed.
1: hmm So, best is Save the Last Dance episode. Thank you. And, thank God, I... I wanted to do an honorable mention a shout out to like all of the guest stars that we had in season three i didn't get it together okay i don't have my shit together right now i'm a fucking mess i would say a hot mess but it's really only one of those words and it's the second one <laughs> i i didn't get it together but i've mentioned a lot of them and i might make a list later we'll find out it's been a lot it's been the episode season three was a rock 35 fucking episodes. A beast. Some of them made television history for their messages or their viewership. The guest stars were crazy. We've got the backdoor pilots and all of the guest stars, David Henry and Alison Stoner and all these people who went on to have their own shows. Yeah. It's so much. Yeah. And I am so tired.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think we get a little bit of a shorter season next season.
1: Yeah, it's a whole other thing.
0: Okay, great. Well, <laughs> we hope you're enjoying it. Maybe we'll shout out all the guest stars from epi- from season three. Maybe not. You'll find out. Um, check us out on all our social media. We are 90s Babies Nostalgia on Instagram. Instagram and YouTube, spell out the word 90s. And we're on TikTok, but use the numericals. We love when you comment or you DM us. So please, please, please reach out and comment and DM us. And I'm going to start this back up to please give us five stars. You can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify now. Um, so wherever your preferred podcast listening platform is, please. Subscribe, rate, review, and give us five stars. And we're enjoying it. We're hoping that you're excited for us to cover season four of That's a Raven.
1: Thanks for all of the love you've been giving us on socials and the people who've been coming on as guests. And we hope that we will have a lot more in the future. Hope you've been enjoying that. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Like, why can we do that in sync, but we literally can't do anything else in sync?